Anyhow, Joe's been doing a great job of just kind of leading us through a series on being one and oneness and unity and the importance of, of all of that. And I think that uh, I don't think you can hear a message enough. Uh, oftentimes we have to hear it over and over and over again for us to really kind of, I think, connect with it. He talked a couple weeks ago, he talked about how the Holy Spirit is no, no longer in a tabernacle. He's not in a single location. Uh, he's now in us. And so the Holy Spirit being one in us, we are incredibly mobile and we can like, kind of like the internet. You know, we're like the, the Google of the church, right? We can go anywhere and we can connect with anybody and we can be the church at any time, any place. And so he talked about that. He talked about giving our gifts. He talked about last week being, uh, being very, very cautious to agree with the negativism and the condemnation that oftentimes the enemy tries to put on our plate and that we need to rebuke that falsehood and we need to embrace and agree with God's truth about us and that we are fearfully and wonderfully made and who said that you were naked, right? So this week we're going to kind of continue on in that series of unity and we're going to look at a passage in Romans 15 in which Paul talks and prays for unity very similar to the prayer that Jesus made in John 17 where he prayed for unity. And I think if Paul prayed for unity and wanted the church to pray for unity, Jesus' last prayer was for unity and that his people would be one, then I think it's pretty strategic, right? It's pretty significant. It's pretty important. It's something that we have to really embrace. And I think especially the church in the polarization that we see in our society the incredible negativism and the incredible fighting that we see going on between different groups. And it's, it's crazy what we see, right? And if anybody should be unified and be of one accord, it should be those of us that are united by one person and one person only, and that is Jesus Christ. And by our unity in him, we should be able to impact the world. It doesn't mean that we're all agreeing on every subject, every situation, every circumstance, but we should be united in mission. Because when the enemy tries to divide us and we become divisive, it weakens us. Hello? <laughs> I love to have just a few amens every once in a while. Help me out. All right. Thank you, Carrie. It dilutes our impact. It weakens us. It mobilizes us. And so we must fight for unity. And let's be honest, Christians are not always the most unified people around. Hello? I wanted to, I was going through some pictures and reminiscing about some things. My, uh, my parents passed away this past year, and I've been going through a lot of that kind of thing. And I came across this photo, and this was back in the day in which I pastored a campus university church at the University of Illinois. And you can see me in the far right. I actually am wearing a suit. Crazy. I don't know what I was doing. But we had probably in our church, we had over 200 students that were in, uh, in that, crammed in that facility. And just, uh, it, it was crazy what God did in, in that time, in that season of our life. Um, but we had probably about 80% African-American uh, the rest were international students, Chinese, Latinos. We had a very large mixture in that arena. We had, we had a few white kids, 
uh, but primarily African-American. The kid on the far left, his name is King Goldman. He, was a, he was, uh, grew up on the west side. He was a gangbanger. He was a pretty violent guy. Uh, came to faith at the University of Illinois and always sat on the front row. And then a couple over, her name is Talina. She came to faith through an outreach that we did on campus, and now she's a minister in Chicago. She's a pastor at a church. And then the next guy who's in the shorts, uh, his name is Mikhail Harris. He was the president of the Black Fraternity Council at the University of Illinois, a very, very high influential position in the black community. And he uh, just about died on an overdose of drugs and alcohol, and God got a hold of his life. And this was his baptism Sunday. He was getting baptized in water uh, this day when we took this picture. That's why he's kind of in his, <laughs> in his uh, not BVDs, but his uh, gym shorts there. And then next to him was Demetrius Smith, uh, his right-hand guy uh, in the um, SIG house that he was also, McCall Harris was the president of. And McCall now is a big shot in travels all over the world in a pharmaceutical company, Radical for Jesus on fire for Jesus, married one of our young ladies, Yenaba, and uh, God did some amazing things. It was so powerful, and one in particular, one particular situation that I, I will never forget was uh, oftentimes when I would just close in prayer, I, I didn't have to like, if you want to come forward for prayer, or if you need prayer, come forward. I didn't even have to say anything. It was just like, <laughs> they just got kids would just get up out of their seat, and they would just come forward, they'd be on their face, and, and you'd, see, you'd see black students praying for white students, and white for blacks, and Hispanics, and everyone was praying for one another, and it was just, the unity was so, so tangible, you could cut it with a knife, it was so crazy what God was doing, and one day a young man, I, I just got done, I'd finished praying for somebody, and I, I got up from the altar, and I turned around, I was walking down the aisle, and this young tall, skinny guy comes toward me, and tears are just rolling down his face. And I, I came up to him, and I said, are you doing okay? And he said, well, and he explained that he was from Iowa State, and, and he had come because of a request of a friend, because he had just had a very traumatic week in which he'd been called the N-word several times and been yelled at and cursed at, and uh, he went through a litany of things that had really hurt him and, and, and angered him, and he felt like he just needed to get away from it all. And so he came to be with his friend, and his friend invited him to Crossroads, our church. And, and he said, and when he was lo he's, he's looking at everybody, praying for one another, and, and the, with their arms around each other, and people crying over one another. And, he, and after he explained all that, he said, you know, I, I never thought in my wildest dreams that I would ever see something like this. This, this is amazing. And then he just kind of fell into my arms and just wept. And I just held him. Now, um, many years later, that young man is uh, a pastor in Kansas. Uh, I think it's Kansas City. And he heads up a racial reconciliation organization in that city that has dozens of churches involved. Now, dude, is that? Come on, somebody say amen, right? I remember one time, and I, I won't, I could probably reminisce, and I won't bore you with all of this, but there was one time I wanted to just share, um, because, because I had so many African-American students in the, in the church, uh, I would oftentimes be on panels, 
that had to do in, it was in relationship to the spirituality of black students oftentimes. And I was on this one particular panel, I remember, and uh, it was, the, the room was filled with African-American students. It was a very large room, and I was on a panel with maybe five or six other uh, African-American leaders in the, in the city. And uh, anyhow, I had a question. I answered the question. And then one of the, elder, uh, the elders, one of the elderly pastors on the stage, he turned to me, and he pointed his finger at me, and he said, you know what? I just want to say something. You will never, ever understand me in front of everybody, right? And, ooh, you could just feel the <laughs> come into the room, right? Everybody's so quiet. You could hear a pin drop, and everybody looking at me like, how am I going to respond to that, right? And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, Jesus, take me in the rapture or something. <laughs> come, Lord Jesus, come quickly. <laughs> Oh my gosh, the sweat, just I could feel the sweat. And uh, I just sat there, I said, Lord, you've got to give me something here. And So I, I said to him, uh, after a long pause, I said, you know, sir, I, I, you're totally right. I agree, I, I, there's no way I, I could ever understand what you've gone through, what you've experienced. You're absolutely right. But in the same regard, I can't understand the labor that my wife went through with all of my kids, the pain that she suffered, and I was probably the, the person responsible for all that. <laughs> in, in some way, <laughs> come on, bring it back, bring it back. Yes, and probably responsible in some way. <clears throat> and I said, you know, never once has she ever kicked me out of the room because I can't relate to her pain and I can't understand her labor. In fact, she, she wanted me to be there and asked if we, we need to go through this together. And I said, and in the same way, I can't understand the pain that you've gone through, but can, can, we, can we find a way to join arms and go through this struggle together? I'll learn from you, right? And we'll learn together. And he leaned back in his chair and, and he said, you're right. Ooh, there was a big... Ah, in the room, right? All the students kind of let out a breath. And a lot of my students were there, actually. And it was just amazing. The unity that God brings impacts people, like that kid from Iowa State. When all of a sudden there's division and there's me against you, when there's that kind of attitude in the church, it brings this heaviness. It, it brings an awkwardness. It brings... Uh, immobilization, it brings, I don't know, passivity. It, it, it just cuts us off, right? It bleeds us. But when all of a sudden we, we can kind of agree to disagree in an agreeable way and say, hey, in spite of our differences, let's unite, let's forgive, let's walk together, let's do this thing, this mission that God has given us together in spite of all of that, let's reconcile, let's do what we need to do, right, to make things right, 
and let's move with power. Let's move with strength. Let's move together. Let's move united in one accord. Hello? Are you awake out there? Help me out. Man, so I am convinced, I am convinced that we, the enemy's biggest tactics is to get us divided, to get us so focused on each other that we forget about him. And then we are, we are so, so limited in what we can do. There's no limit. And the reason he does it is because he knows that when we're united, we are unstoppable. There is no limit to what the church can do if we are united in purpose and one accord. And I have a cord here. It's why Jesus died. It is solely why Jesus died, is that we would not be individuals, but we would be a body. And that we would care for one another, and we'd be united by the head. Right? And not divided. I mean, it would be a crazy thing to cut my hand off and put that sucker over there and just say, go for it, hand. Do your thing. It'd be kind of freaky to see that hand kind of walking around on its own, right? I don't think that's the intention. I think the hand has to be connected to the rest of me to thrive and be alive. Hello? And so we cannot be disconnected from one another. We must be connected. We must be, we must be willing to stay connected, even if someone's trying to cut us off. And we have an enemy. Huh? We have an enemy that is trying to do that. And I really believe that, that unity is worth fighting for. Unity, say that with me. Unity is worth fighting for. Say it again. Unity is worth fighting for. I want you to take a look at the Church of Corinth here, this passage. It says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Say carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And then he says to, also to the Corinthian church, he says, for where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere human beings instead of who you are, children of the living God? So if it says here, Compare this. If the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but if we are carnal because we have envy, strife, and divisions, because they, they said, well, I follow Apollos, and I follow this guy, and I follow that guy, and you, you've got these divisions in the church, these oppositions, and not united, and the envy and the jealousy. If, if it's carnal to do all of that, then that weapon that tears down strongholds must be love must be unity, must be peace, right? And when we love one another, when we forgive one another, when we reconcile with one another, dude, we are doing damage to the devil like you, nobody's business. When we start acting in a way that is contrary to our feelings, contrary to our emotions, and we reach out, we love, we're kind, recognize when we aren't and we, when we need to reconcile, make things right. We have to fight for unity. It's not easy, right? Hello? <laughs> Weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Carnal is strife. Carnal is division. Carnal is anger toward one another. 
life is forgiveness, love, peace, right? Romans 15, 5 through 7, Paul is already, he's being challenged by the Roman church who has this fight going on with them, with each other about eating meat, sacrifice to idols versus not eating meat, celebrating certain holidays and not celebrating certain holidays. And there was all of this tension and all of this strife going on. And he was trying to help them understand that, yes, some of these things are important, but their, their potential to create division is, is way more important to understand than these aspects, these human aspects, right? And trying to get all tied up into all of that. And that all of this was causing injury to one another. And that we needed to love one another. And we needed to say no to something, even though we don't think it's all that bad, in order to bless our brother and our sister, right? Unity, peace, one accord, hello? Compromise at times. And I'm not saying compromise over big issues, you know, like Jesus rose from the dead. I mean, central issues to the orthodoxy of Christianity, right? I'm not saying no to those things or saying yes to that. But there's some things, man, we just need to let it go. It's not worth fighting about. And in fact, if there is something against me and you, man, we need to get it reconciled. We need to get it right. Man, I, if something happens, let me know about it. I want to get it right. I'll call you. I want to talk to you right away. I want, I want to see it like you see it. And I'm willing to ask for forgiveness. I'm willing to make it right because I want to fight for unity. For unity is worth fighting for. Because there is blessing in unity. There is power in unity. There is defeat of demonic fortresses in the spirit of unity. Oh, I like that. Thank you. Five, six, and seven. Let me read it real quick. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had. Again, on the tales of this division, meat, sacrifice to idols, not, all this stuff. So that... With one mind, one voice, you may glorify the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Accept one another just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. In order to what? In order to what? Dude, do you want to bring praise to God? Hello? Treat one another as Christ has treated you. Bring praise to the glory of God. I want, to give, I want to give three different reasons why I feel like unity is worth fighting for in this passage. Are you going to stay with me? Point one, we desperately need each other. We desperately need each other. Say that. We desperately need each other. Romans 15.5 says this, May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had. Now, 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 now look at this. There, there is an incredible direct link. There's a direct link here between the, the health and the stability of the Christian and our walk with God and our attitude toward others. And our attitude toward others. It says in Hebrews 10, 24 through 25, consider then how you may spur one another. Spur one another on, man. Endurance, 
Spur one another on towards love. Spur one another on toward good deeds. Encouraging one another. How does God give endurance and encouragement to us? He does it through the body. He does it through each of us. We must be encouragers. We must be people that are stirring one another up, not putting one another down. Hello? We have to have this in our spirit, in our heart, that unity is worth fighting for because we desperately need each other. 1 Corinthians 12, 21. It says that I cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. Back to my, my going through my memories. I ran across this picture. Now, this is myself here back in high school. Yes. And uh, I played for Normal Community High School, Normal, Illinois. Go Ironman. Some of you know who that is. Some don't really care. Some of you don't care about football, but I care about the Packers. Oh, I think. I heard an amen in there, yes. <laughs> Wait a minute. There was someone in the crowd. I heard that. Okay. So, Scott Swanson, number 73. Now, I had a, I had a pretty crazy year. At, at, at this stage, this was about the fifth game into the season, I'd already rushed for 1,000 yards. By the end of the year, I'd rushed for 2,000 yards. And... I had come up with the idea that it was important to, to run behind big people. I, I, I got that really good. Now, we have a football team here made up of a lot of different guys. Some of the guys I got along with, some of the guys I didn't get along with, some kind, you know, some. But we recognized when we got on that field, we had a common enemy. We had an opponent, and it wasn't us. And when we started fighting among each other and we started bringing disunity onto the team, man, that was the makings of a loser. And I also recognized that there was different talents. Now, Scott Swanson, as big and as brutal as he was when he hit people, he was slow. And I'm kind of telling him right here, it's like, of course, I'm saying, I'm, I'm willing to stay behind you, but you need to get moving, dude. Come on, there's a guy behind me, he's about ready to grab me, right? Now, Scott would have never wanted to run with the ball. Well, he might have wanted to run with the ball, but it wouldn't have been a good idea for us to switch places and me be leading out there and him running. It was much wiser of Coach Tharp to have it the other way around. And I think as long as we're fitting in our role, we're doing what it is that we're supposed to do, we're all going to be different. We're all going to have different talents, right? We need to thank God for what we do and how we do it, right, that we're a part of the team, not wishing that you were this guy or that you were this person or you had that gift or you had that talent. No, it's all a part of the body. Someone's a hand, someone's a foot. But working together, working together in unity, we can, we can attack the enemy and we can bring victory. Now, we had an undefeated team. Yes, it's all good. And we went to the state championship. Yes. There's strength in our differences but not when we are in disunity and division and strife and envy and jealousy. Then we are pitted against one another. 
We must recognize that we are working against a common enemy, and unity is worth Unity is worth It is worth fighting for. I want you to look at this passage, Ephesians 6. It says we put on the full armor of God so that you can take a stand, your stand, against the devil's schemes. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but dominions and principalities and powers of the air. Now, back in Paul's day, the Roman army had blocks. They had a hundred block, they had a hundred men made up a block, they had fifty men, and it went down to a small block called a tent group, which was a block of eight. And that block of eight was a team group, is what they called it. And they slept in the same tent together, they did war together, they never were separated from one another, they fought to side by side, they worked together as a team. There would have to be disagreements, man. Eight guys living in the same tent, dude. Come on. It's hard enough just having four guys living in an apartment. You know, working it out, right? Especially in the, the, the tenacity of a, of a fight, right? And of a war. But they had to stick it out. And when they said this, take your stand. Paul knew exactly what he was saying. A defensive stand. A coward if you ran. But you do have to take a stand sometimes against the thwarts of the enemy that's coming against you. And they would, take, they would get in a circle, and the way the shields were, that they could lock the shields together, and they would do this surround sound, shield, right? And they'd all buckle down like a, a tortoise in a shell. And they would protect each other in the circle of that. And they would, that would be calling taking a stand against the enemy. One soldier could not take a stand. He would be hit, and he would die. And it was important, and Paul understood that. He understood that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. It's, he's trying to help us understand that it's not individuals, it's not people. We have a common enemy. We have a, a, a demonic force that is trying to take us down and take us out, right? But we have to take them out together. We must be united we desperately need each other to fight this fight. Unity is worth And that's kind of why we're doing even this Sunday morning, 9 o'clock, when the devil knocks. It's for us to begin to understand. Some of you are under some incredible pressure, condemnation, things that you're wrestling with, and you're not really even sure how to fight this fight. And I feel like it's time that we kind of do a training on spiritual warfare, on how we can take this fight to the enemy, and how we can do it together. And so I'd really like to encourage you to consider coming here early, a little early, right? <laughs> Unity is worth... Point number two, we can, infinitely, we can do infinitely more together than we can apart. Verse six, so that with one mind and one voice you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ... This is what made the first century church thrive. It says in Acts 2, 44, all the believers lived in a wonderful harmony, holding everything in common. Wonderful harmony, holding everything in common. And it says the result of all of that, every day their number grew as God added those who were saved. 
Unity is worth fighting for. We can do infinitely more together than we can separate. Just as the fact that I think just even this Moni Alliance of Churches and what we did with Love in Action or Action Love or Love Moni or whatever in the world you want to call it, when you want to call it. How we mobilized 260 people to feed 300 families and do 22 service projects in the community. And that could not have been done just by our church. But several churches came together, one mind, one heart. I have people all the time tell me in other villages and other towns, I don't know how, what's going on in Moni. We can't even hardly get the churches together to do anything together. And honestly, they're not doing much alone. But man, when we unite our hearts in one accord and we put our divisions down, our theology down, you know, our, all our little, you know, things that we think are the most important and we're willing to take up the cross and we're willing to unite our shields and we're willing to go out and do battle with a common enemy, we can accomplish great things, right? We can accomplish great things. Martin Luther says there is power in numbers and there is power in unity. Psalm 133, 1 through 2, how wonderful, how beautiful when brothers and sisters get along. Somebody say amen. amen. It's like costly anointing oil flowing down the head and beard, flowing down Aaron's beard, flowing down the collar of his priestly robes. That holy oil, there was four spices that were utilized in this holy anointing oil. Not just one spice. Different spices mixed together that had a beautiful aroma. And he says, how wonderful it is. How beautiful it is. What, a, what an amazing fragrance it is to the world and those around us when those of us that are different are united. When we're combining together, uniting together, working together, right? How awesome. There is anointing and there is strength in getting along. <laughs> Unity is worth. Unity is worth. Fighting for. Point number three, a broken world will see God. A broken world will see God. Verse seven, accept one another then just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. Dude, when you start uniting, accepting one another, loving one another unconditionally, I mean, it begins to bring praise to God to a world that doesn't know God. Now, um, Corey, come up here real quick. Now, this word accept is kind of an interesting word. Uh, it, has, it has imagery. So... Anyhow, when it says accept one another, accepting one another is coming up to somebody, is like this, it's giving them, come on now, come on. <laughs> Let's do it again. It was good. It was good. It was good. All right. But not just letting go. It's embracing, but then it's holding hands and walking. But then we slap one another, right? No. <laughs> Thanks, Corey. 
No, 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 Corey, Corey, come back here. No, see, we let go too soon. See, no, no, come back, Corey. See, we want to walk away from our relationships. We want to walk away. We won't, we won't want to stick with somebody when all of a sudden they've done something wrong to us, right? Not that I, I slapped you and you walked away, right? But no, it's like, no, Corey, let's stay. We're, we're in this together, man, thick and thin. I will not give up on you till God does, and he won't, so I won't. Thanks, Corey. I'll let you go now. <laughs> he goes, thank you. <laughs> that, has to be, that has to be our attitude of acceptance, that I will not give up on you till God gives up on you, and he won't, so I won't. How beautiful that is. It's a photo of my family here. When they were younger, oh my gosh, oh, the, the alliances and the, the pitting against one another and Joshua and Jenna against Jordan and Bethany and then Bethany would pit against Jenna and oh my gosh, oh, it's just like, what are we doing wrong? <laughs> there is nothing that brings me greater joy than seeing my kids loving one another. Today, as, as adults, and they're all, most of them are adults. No. no, all of them are adults now, and they love being together. They embrace one another. They joke with one another. When I watch them just interacting, when they're all together, it's just crazy, just so much fun, laughter, just... The unity is, is, is amazing, but they have disagreements. They don't always get along, even as adults. Hello. But it is obvious that they love one another. They are for one another. They are with one another. Yeah. Working together, helping one another, blessing each other. John 13, 35 says this. By your strong love for each other, you will prove to the world that you are devoted followers of me. Look at what it says here. By your strong love. By your strong love. It doesn't say by your music style. I know we love the music here. By your denominational preference. By the size of your congregation. By the number of programs. They'll know that you love one another. By your strong children's ministry, by your child care center, by your aesthetics, <laughs> by reading the correct version of the Bible, <laughs> by this they shall know you have loved one for another because you all agree on the version of the Bible that is the authentic version of the Bible that everyone knows is the authentic version of the Bible, but nobody agrees. <laughs> this is what the world wants to see. Watch this video.
Dude. A broken world will see God by your love for one another. I mean, what, I mean, what does that do to your heart to watch that? <laughs> huh? It, it's impactful. And so it is when people see, they may not get this Jesus thing. They might not understand why you believe that Jesus rose from the dead. They, they're not going to get it. This is... <laughs> But boy, they hear your conversations about other people, your statements about other people, the way you love one another, that you're not about to fight just over the smallest little things. That John 17, 20, and I'm worship team can come up to Jesus' point. John 17, 20, verse 21 my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. That's you and me, right? That all of them may be one so that the world may believe that you have sent me. You know, I don't think really people, I don't know, they may be tired of hearing about, oh, you know, God loves you. Huh, okay, whatever. I think what they really want to is see. They want to see it. They want to see it. I think that that little brother and that little sister is probably the greatest example of that imagery of accepting one another. <laughs> right? And not letting each other go. Unity is worth... Unity is unity is worth worth fighting for my relationship with you is worth fighting for we may disagree I may have hurt you I may have wronged you and may have been done unintentionally but you may not have felt it was unintentional but if you let me know I want to reconcile I want to apologize I want to make it right I want to do it different because I value unity. Because there's anointing in unity. There's power in a unity. There's strength in unity. God sees that reconciliation. And though you and I may never work together again, we're, we're friends. And God will bless that supernaturally. Right? We stand to our feet and let's let's worship in song to the Lord. You know, I'm kind of reminded of a passage that probably most of us are familiar with, and it says that God inhabits the praises of his people, right? And there's something tangible in the air, I think, when we all join our hearts in thanksgiving and praise. God responds to that. But thanksgiving, praise, it's really just gratitude, right? It's just expressing gratitude. I think there's something powerful when we express gratitude to one another. I just really believe God inhabits that. That there's something, there's a, there, he comes into the atmosphere when we're thankful, when we're, we have gratitude, when we, we show that to other people. 
total opposite, right? Of envy, strife, all, all of that. Something powerful. I'd like to really encourage you to show gratitude today to somebody. Go out of your way. Maybe the Holy Spirit will put somebody on your heart that you just need to reach out to. And maybe, I don't know, bring a smile to their face or pick them up off the ground and turn around, you know. Hold their hand or something. I don't know. Show that love, man. Show that unity. Unity's worth fighting for. Fight against that feeling of strife, that distrust. Fight against that. Trust. Trust over suspicion. Trust over suspicion, right? Dig for gold. One of the other things that we should mourn with those who mourn and we weep with those who weep. We, we are the body. And um, I, I wear this little bracelet on my, my wrist here. It's, it's Proverbs 31, 8, and it says, speak up for those who cannot speak up for themselves. And it, it reminds me to pray for like the pastor that just got released from Turkey, right? And those that are all over the world that are dying for their faith. And we're one with them, right? They're, we need them. They need us. We need to pray. And I have these, I have wristbands like this over here on the, the global outreach wall. There's a, there's a stool there that has bracelets there. Maybe, maybe if, you, if you feel like it, just to, no pressure, but to grab one, put it on your wrist, and just pray for the persecuted church this week. And just show a united voice for the church, right, at large. And uh, yeah, Father, yes, you are our Father, and we are your children, all of us. And uh, Lord, I pray that, Lord, this day uh, that we would we would fight for love. We would fight for forgiveness. We would fight for unity, Lord, because it blesses your heart, it brings a smile to your face. So, Lord, I just pray you, God, give us that opportunity to be a blessing. And, Lord, I pray your protection over everyone in this room as they travel, as they move, as they drive. Yeah, may your blessing rest on everyone. In Jesus' precious name. Everybody said. One more time. You ready? Unity is worth fighting for. God bless you.